the difference between purpose and assignment and how these two are interconnected. So that's what we're going to look at today, right? We're going to look at purpose within scriptures and the difference between assignment and purpose, that which is very important, right? Assignments change, purpose does not. Assignments change, purpose don't. Now, a couple of things, though, to look forward after, to look forward to after today's introduction on the rhythms of purpose. Because today's just an introduction. Um, next week, we'll have an interview. But today's just an, in, an introduction on the rhythms of purpose. So first, the following Sunday, we'll be having our local Sunday gathering at 11 a.m. Happening in Roosevelt Island, Hell's Kitchen, in Union City, New Jersey. And we will be interviewing Catherine and Yako from Kenya. Now, Catherine and Yako is a UN diplomat from Kenya, currently assigned at the UN headquarters here in NYC. She will be sharing how is she living her purpose as a Christian diplomat in NYC and beyond. She's married and have a kid as well. Then two weeks from today, we will dive into more specifics on the rhythms of purpose and write down some practical ways on living out these purpose rhythms. I wanted to give you a little bit of what's going to happen after today, right? We'll, we'll get to, to, to interview someone who's doing it right now as a Christian. And she's married um, to his, uh, her husband, Solo, who comes and is just super involved in different ministries and preaches and does different things. And he's also led worship at our congregation back in, in, um, in Advent season in December and January. And, um, and they're an amazing couple. But how she as a UN diplomat is living out her purpose as a Christian, right? Now I asked her for her bio and she gave me a very small bio. And I asked her to, for an extended one. She's like, no. And it's because a lot of the stuff she does is high like security. And she cannot obviously talk He's, she's prohibited on talking about the high security stuff that happens. So it's a very, you know, don't, don't expect a long bio than as the other ones that we've had. It's just sort of like her education, what she's doing. But it's going to be really good to have her next week. Now, with that being said, let's dive in. Um, so background, we've been going through this, right? That's the, uh, the, the rhythm of, um, not rhythm, the, the meaning of disciple. And that's something that, again, I came up with after years and years of kind of figuring out what is a disciple based on scripture. And this is the meaning that I got is disciples are those who learn to become servant leaders by holistically understanding their identity as children of God in Christ Jesus through a cross-like relationship. We, we talk about a cross-like first uh, vertical with God in prayer, which was the rhythms of presence, which we talked already and with people in community, which we've already talked about, write about, right? And now we're diving into the last portion of the meaning of discipleship, which is out of this identity, the disciples, they are, we are able to reach their full potential as carriers of God's kingdom and proclaimers of the gospel in the circle of influence God has called them to. That is what we're going forth right now, purpose, right? You cannot know your purpose Unless you know your presence peace and your people peace. You cannot know your purpose or be reminded of your purpose unless you have a cross-like relationship. Vertical with God, horizontal with people. If you just do horizontal, you're not going to get it. If you just do vertical, not going to get it. Both vertical with God, horizontal with people. Cross-like, right? Even the monks have community. 
You know, among themselves, they have community. It's not like they're just by themselves on a cave. Everyone needs a cross-like relationship to find their purpose. So that's a little background, more background here, because it's an introduction. We're going to get a lot of background. So what is purpose? Um, purpose. Um, now this is, again, Google, right? Just Google purpose is a very basic definition when you Google purpose. And it, it says this, uh, it says purpose, um, what is purpose? Uh, the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. The reason for which something is done or created, something is done or in our case someone, right? A person is created or for which something exists. The purpose, the reason why something exists. What is the reason why this phone exists? What is the purpose of this phone? To make calls, to, it's basically to be connected to people around me and to the world. That's what it is. That's the purpose of the phone. It comes in text, in Instagram, all kinds of things. But that's the purpose, to communicate you with people around you that are close to you, but also to the world. That is the purpose of the phone, right? Saying, what is our purpose as human beings? What is our purpose Right? That, that's a good definition of what a purpose is. Now, what is an assignment? A task or piece of work assigned to someone as part of a job or course of study. You have an assignment, you know, a task or piece of work assigned to someone as part of a job or course of study. Very self-explanatory. You have an assignment at your university. You got to get it done. You have an assignment at your job. You, you got to get it done. Or you might have an assignment for your parents when you're a kid you have to sort of get that done, right? There's, there are certain assignments, certain specific things we change through time. Now, in contrast though, what is the purpose in scriptures, in the Christian scriptures or Judeo-Christian scriptures? What are, what is purpose? Obviously that changes, right? From the very basic um, definition of, um, of purpose. So, is rooted on our identity as children of God, an outline on the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. Now, this is a definition that I wrote out of what I found in Scripture, right? Is rooted on our identity as children of God, an outline on the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. The Great Commandment, love God, love others, the Great Commission, go out and tell people about the love of God through Jesus, which are the good news, right? Love God, love people, go out and tell others, basically. <laughs> go love God, that great, com great commandment, love God, love people, great commission, tell others about that. Don't keep it to yourself, right? Very basic. That is a purpose, it's, but it's rooted on our identity as children of God. And then outline, it's ma it manifests through those things, right? Those two things. So what is assignment in scripture though? It's rooted on being God's image bearers, an outline on our current vocation, trade, or season. And I put season because sometimes we're not working. Sometimes we're not doing something. We're maybe on a sabbatical or maybe on a season of being a parent. So that's important. It's not just work is not doing. It's season. It's a season of your life. So it's rooted on being God's image bearers, Alan on our current vocation, trade, or season. 
God, and we're going to get, what do you mean by God's image bearer? We'll get on that in a little bit, right? So, uh, so rooted on identity, children of God, and the other one is rooted on, on being God's image bearers, image of God. Okay, move on here. Now, now we can talk more um, on the body of, you know, the sermon today. As purpose is rooted in our identity. Now, we saw like when Lauren was uh, reading scripture on the gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. He says, um, in, in verse 11, in, in verse 12, he says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Some other versions says, to be called children of God. To those that receive him and believe in him. That's what I'm talking is rooted on your identity as children of God. How? How you find that? Through Jesus. Right? There you go. But to all who they received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of people, but of God. Right? Now that's important, that second part. Why? Because all of that stuff, Johnny's pretty much telling you here, the world is going to tell you that your identity is not on being a child. It's not born of these other things. It's not born of what your mom uh, thinks about you or wants you to become, or your father, or, or the world, or the, or the city, or the culture around you. It's, it's not, uh, not of blood, meaning not, not of, of family, not of the will of the flesh, right? Of the flesh, meaning your sinful nature nor of the will of men, of the people, of the culture around you, but of God. Whoever not of blood, obviously, as I said, is not, oh, yeah, my, my parents are like this, then I'm, I'm like that. This is what they told me to do, right? As I was saying, that's what it means by blood. Well, that's very important, the contrast. Why John didn't just take out verse 13? Why well, he just had to put it there just to make sure that, okay, it's not from this, it's from God. It's divine, right? So, so, um, so again, purpose rooted in our identity, we can see here as children of God, not from our blood, not from people, the culture, and not from our sinful nature. So, um, now it's outlined in, and check those like little dots which follow into the next one. So purpose is rooted in our identity and outlined in the great commandment, right? That's what we're talking about. Now, if you go to the great commandment, what it says, Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 to 40. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Asked. What is that commandment in the law? Yeah. And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. With everything. You know, that, that can be a sermon of itself. But... For another time. But that it basically means with all of yourself, with all your being, right? This is a great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love other people as you will love yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Basically, Jesus is saying that's a summary of everything you've read, everything you've memorized, everything you've gone from religious studies as a Jew at that time. That's, a, that's just the summary of your purpose, of why you're living right now. It's just a summary of it. That's it, right? And it's not only the great commandment 
on Matthew 22, but if we go several chapters after, it's in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So that's, that's the Great Commission. God is sending the people. Okay, you've, for those that know Jesus, right? You've received, you know who he is, right? Because he's died for the things that you should have died. Our minds are wants to do evil. Since we're little kids, Leo's starting to punch other kids. And I, we didn't teach him that. Just kind of does it. You know, it's just like he realized if someone takes something from me, I'm going to give back bad because someone comes, takes someone, something away from him and he goes, does like this on someone's face so he can get back what the other person is. She's just repaying evil from evil. So that's just a sinful nature, right? And that's like, it's just sort of inherent in human beings. And that Jesus, God has been a God of justice. He, there's a consequence for the evil, right, that we do. But Jesus carried for us, and now we're saved through him, as we Christians believe. So that's a great commission right there. Very self-explanatory on three verses. John 1, verses 12 to 13, and then... Matthew 22, verse 36 to 40, and Matthew 28, 18 to 20, right? Ruin our identity, all in great commandment, and the great commission. Now, purpose and assignment. Just as God, that's fine. Just as God, so just as God had an assignment to engineer the world with the sole purpose of loving us and share this love with us, so we also have an assignment this season with the sole purpose of loving Him others, and sharing Christ's love, which this broken world desperately needs. Now, what do I mean by that? What do we mean by that? So, we have, um, let me see here if I have a, nope, not yet. Okay, so, um, on, 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 uh, so assignment is rooted on being God's image bearers on earth. That's what assignment means. Is Rooted on being God's image bearers on earth. Right? What do I mean by that? On, on verses 27 to 28 on Genesis chapter 3, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we find that on scripture, right? We were talking about what purpose is. Now we're talking about what assignment is. It, and it's, it is what? It is rooted in our, in, in being God's image bearers on earth. Now in the Judeo-Christian story of creation, of the beginning of times, which is found in the first book of Genesis, is one that clearly shows us both the interconnection and the difference between purpose and assignment. Again, 
The Judeo-Christian story of creation of the beginning of times is one that clearly shows us both the interconnection and the difference between purpose and assignment. Now, first, we see here how God created the universe, the world and everything that's in it. You can find that in Genesis 1. You can read at home if you haven't. It's there, right? So we see how God created the universe, the world, and everything that is in it. He was the first engineer. He was the first engineer. We have, we have some engineers here, don't we? Some PhD even. Um, so, so, but God was the first engineer. Um, he, was, uh, um, he was the one that created the universe, right? He was the first astronomer, the first chemist, the first physicist. He was the first economist. He was the first doctor and biologist. He healed people. He was the first politician as president of the world, if you will, or the king of the world, the first designer, an artist of the skies and picturesque sunsets. But even in all its splendor, from the stars and galaxies to the creation of humans, this, one, this was not God's purpose, but rather an assignment. Now listen to that again. He was the first engineer. We, we mentioned all of these things. First engineer, first designer. He created the world. We see that on cha in Genesis chapter 1. But that was not his purpose. It was not his purpose to just kind of do that. It was just an assignment. Do we see God still creating the world? No, it changed. that assignment changed. He's done. He created it. That's it. His assignment was done as the first engineer, first designer, everything that he did by just creating, right? Um, it was an assignment. But God's purpose is different. His purpose never changed. Because he's seen not on his masterpiece, but in intimacy. We see that when he created everything found in Genesis chapter 1, that he says that all of it was good. If you go through Genesis 1, he says, oh, that was good. He created the heavens and the earth. That was good. He created the mammals and the, the, the animals of the waters and of the skies. And, the, he, and they said, it was good. It was good. It was good. He said, it was good. It was good. It was good. Right? So all of it was good from the skies, the sun, the trees, the birds of the sky, and the mammals roaming the jungle. But when he created humanity, woman and man, he said that he was very good. Why? Tov vatov. Why tov vatov? Which is very good. It, it says twice, good, good, which means like very good, right? But on the other one, it was just tov. It was just good, but not very good. Why? We later see on chapter 3, verse 8, that God was walking the garden in the cool, or literally the wind, of the day. He was walking with them. And that both Adam and Eve could recognize his voice. They say, it says on that chapter 3 verse 8 that they could recognize his voice. God's purpose was one of love and intimacy with humanity. He wanted to walk among us. Though he is holy, which means set apart and separate and so different from human beings... Even then, he chose to walk among us just as he did in the wind in the beginning of time with Adam and Eve. And later in human form, that is in Jesus Christ, when he came down from heaven to earth. 
The purpose of God never changed. Right as he was on the wind of the paradise, so he came down as a human being 2,000 years ago and probably thousands and thousands of years after Genesis 1, right? Because he wanted to be with us. And guess what? He still, because he sent his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to be with the church, with the community of Christians, so that healing and miracles and, and the good news of Jesus will span to the whole world, which now we see billions of people believing in that in every single continent. So God still, God's purpose never changed. God's purpose remained. His assignment changed. He created the world. And then through the prophets, through the priests, right? Through the kings he worked in the old times and sent Jesus to fulfill all of those, right? And then the Holy Spirit to fulfill that through the church, through that community. And here we are. The purpose of God never changed because he loved us so much as we can see a couple chapters after chapter 1. As children, you know, he's talking on, on chapter 1, verse 12, when the passage of today. But two chapters later, he's, for God so loved, the most popular verse in the whole Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not die but have everlasting life. It's the purpose. Now, as John said in the passage that was read today, the world was created. Now, we see that on verse, um, let me see here, the first verse that we read, which is 9, um, not 10. He was, uh, the true light which gives the light to everyone was coming into the world, which is Jesus. He was in the world and the world was made through him. He was in the world and the world was made through him, it says on this very passage, before he moved on, saying that those that receive him will become children of God. Right? So we see that the world was created through him, but did not know him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So Jesus created the world not to benefit himself in a selfless manner, but rather so that humanity may know him. And this is not an intellectual knowing, but rather a holistic and relational knowing. In other words, his assignment of creating the world was out of love, was to be in relationship with humanity. John mentions that many rejected him, right? We see on those verses. But to those who receive him and believe in Christ's names are to be called children of God, right? So we see that, we see in this passage, John is saying Jesus, part of the Trinity, created the world together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, three in one, right? They created the world, but then we see on that very passage that it was not out of just creating something for the sake of creating something, but it was out of love. The purpose of creation was for chesed, was for love. Not just to be an engineer, not just to be a designer, not just to be an artist, but love. That's the purpose. So then, right? Our identity as children of God will fuel us to fulfill our purpose 
of loving him and others, the great commandment, and to share this love found through Jesus Christ to others, the great commission. Remember, it's rooted in our identity as children of God, but outlined through the great commandment and the great commission. Our identity as children of God will fuel us to fulfill our purpose of loving him and others and to share this love found through Jesus Christ to others. That's our purpose. I believe it's a purpose for every single human being as a Christian. Some might disagree, but I believe it to be as a Christian because I believe that Jesus is the only one that can bring peace, healing, and restoration to the world. Not through a politician, not through a government, but through a kingdom government that has what? It literally has transcended the Roman Empire and the British Empire, and the Portuguese Empire, and the Spanish Empire on the times, and now we see the Western Empire between Europe and the U.S., it will pass away again, but Jesus will not pass away. Why? It's still here. Because that's the only way we can find fulfillment. But the assignment is important. It is important. What you're doing is important as a teacher, as an engineer, as a worker, as a minister, as an IT person, as a physical therapist or doctor or some sort. All of it is your assignment at the moment. Therefore, just as God had an assignment to engineer the world back then with the sole purpose of loving us and share this love with us, so we also have an assignment in this season. As engineers, creators, learners, whatever other vocation or season God might have called us now with the sole purpose of loving Him and others and share this love that is only possible to find in Christ Jesus. That's why our assignment is rooted in on being God's image bearer. And it is outlined on our vocation trade and season we are God's image bearer because God himself we as image remember the Genesis passage that I read when he's created woman and man remember and then he said okay do this he assigned him to do things that God has already done in creation because they're and then he says they are like the image of God and he's like okay tend to the garden and do this and do that name You know, it's just creating. Okay, I created you. You have the capability of creating too. Go forth and I give you that assignment. Did Adam and Eve, that was their purpose for their whole life? No, but it was the assignment that he gave it while he was there. And then later on, we probably, he already named all the animals is good to go, right? So, but that was his assignment because he has a creativeness that comes from being image of God. Whether you're a Christian or not, you bear God's image. Everyone's created on God's image, whether you believe in Jesus or not. Whatever religious background, whatever uh, ethnic background you have, you bear God's image as we can see that all over the world when people are using their trade, their vocation, their season. That is the assignment. Just to conclude, though, so you see here, that was sort of the summary of it all. Just as God had an assignment to engineer the world with the sole purpose of loving us and share this love with us, so we also have an assignment in this season with the sole purpose. You see that? 
have an assignment and a purpose, so we also have an assignment in this season with the sole purpose of loving Him, others, and sharing Christ's love with this broken world that desperately needs. So we have seen how purpose and assignment are both interconnected and differentiated. Just to conclude, where purpose is rooted in our identity as children of God and outlined in the great commandment and great commission. And our assignment is rooted in us being God's image bearers and outlined through our vocation, trade, or current season of life. It is important to note that in the beginning of creation, God created the world and humankind out of love. But this trust and love was broken when humanity disobeyed God and chose selfishly to have control of her or his own will disregarding God. Remember, God told them, do not eat of this fruit if deceived by the serpent, but also her own human humanity ate of the fruit, gave to Adam. Adam also was like, forget God, I'm going to eat it. Both sin, right? So God chose selfishly to have control of her and his own will, both even Adam, disregarding God and wanting to become like God. And as a result, becoming her or his own God with a little G. We become our own little gods, right? But God in his love, once more, came down from heaven as a son, Jesus Christ, and chose to carry the consequences of our pride and selfishness and acts of injustices in the cross of Calvary so that we may again have a relationship with God like we did in the Garden of Eden and one of intimacy and friendship. Now, as John said in today's passage, we have the ability to become his children that we may live on purpose to love others and embody Christ's love in word, in deed, and in power, fulfilling his great commandment and commission. It's a conclusion of it all. Now the reflection questions. Get ready for this. It's a little tough. But uh, we're, we're going to be challenged. I'm, I'm with you all. Being challenged. Being a crazy week. If a non-Christian, how does the scriptural definition of purpose and assignment challenge my current worldview? If I'm a non-Christian, how this definition of purpose and assignment challenge my current worldview? Am I compelled by such a God who in his sacrificial love chose to die for me. I'm going to repeat that again. If I'm not Christian, if I'm not Christian, how does the scriptural definitions of purpose and assignment challenge my current worldview? Am I compelled by such a God who in his sacrificial love chose to die for me? If compelled, are you willing to receive him and believe in him? If compelled... Are you willing to receive him and believe in him so that you may become a child of God? Now let's close our eyes for this one. Because if so, I want you to repeat this prayer within your heart. But I want everyone to close their eyes just out of respect of the other person. So if that's you, if, that's, if you're a non-Christian and you believe in this, just pray, God... I'm sorry for the sins that I've committed. I'm sorry that I 
have been foolish enough to believe that I am my own God, or been foolish enough to believe that there was another God. But Lord Jesus, today I receive you as the Lord and Savior that came to die for my injustices on the cross, that I may have life and that I may have it in abundance. So I receive you in my heart as I ask for forgiveness for the things that I have thought that I have done. May your spirit come now and fill my heart today that I may have new life in you. Jesus, I believe in Jesus' name. Amen. So if that's been you, feel free to come to me or another person. Just let us know. We'd love to kind of give you next steps. But again, you might be a non-Christian. You might not done this prayer. That's cool too. You're on your journey and we respect that. All right? Now, if I'm a Christian, in what ways have I been challenged with the definition of purpose and assignment? If a Christian, in what ways have I been challenged with the definition of purpose and assignment? Okay, how am I challenged with that, right? How am I challenged as a Christian with a definition of purpose and assignment? Oh, I never really thought of that. That, that there was a difference between purpose and assignment. I do have an assignment that might change. I want to speak into this for the next minute. You might be on an assignment that you don't like. I have been on assignments that I don't like at the, uh, at the time. I was, a, uh, I, was, I was a youth director and minister for a while. And I liked it as a young person. But then uh, when I was in my mid-20s or kind of early 20s, I knew I was not necessarily called to youth. And one time, I, wanted, I needed a job. I was in seminary. That's the school for people that want to become Christian ministers. right? I was there doing a master's degree, and I was looking for a job because I wanted experience, and I wanted to um, pay you know, for my education. So, <laughs> so then I looked for a job, and I was an F1 student status. I had to switch to an R1 student status, which is a worker status as in a visa world for a lot of you, pretty much all of you. Almost that. So, so, so basically, what happened though is that I, um, I was so prideful that I was like, I don't want that assignment no more. I'm done with that assignment. I know my purpose, but I, I don't want to do this youth thing. It's it's so tolling. It's so crazy. You know, I, I remember applying for every single job out there on Christian churches, but youth ministry. Everything but youth ministry. I was like, I'm done with that. I've done it for like seven plus years now because I've been doing it as a teenager. Now I was in, I did it during college. Now I'm doing my master's. I'm like, no, that's too many years. I'm done, God. You send me somewhere else. And I applied to anything. Nobody wanted an interview. Nobody wanted anything. And then my, my, my roommate, for, um, that I was rooming from, from the school, he was an older undergrad. So he was older and more mature, though he was in his undergrad. He worked a lot before going to college. And he was a youth pastor at a Chinese church. And he's like, hey, I'm leaving. I'm going to go up, stay in New York. I'm going to do a master's. I'm graduating on May. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. He's like, I, I was thinking on you as a youth pastor. I'm like, I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> I am done with that assignment. 
But he's all I think about it. All right. I, I will see him, obviously, because he's my roommate and stuff, right? Different rooms, but same, same kind of little apartment thing. And then, um, and eventually I prayed, and then God was like, you're so selfish, you're so self-centered. I want you to learn. You're not done. You're, you're too immature. You need to learn more. Go do that. Go, go and, and do that. And then I actually got that job, got an R1 an, a worker's visa, and was there for two more, I was two years more, and I was there on the youth ministry. Ah, and then by then, I didn't even get a job. I got and, and went and, and got another master. So even, I wasn't even ready there yet, you know? So, so just think about your assignment. Where are you at? You know, right now, I'm just, pl- I'm, I'm living the dream in a way, because that was what I felt God was calling me in this way to fulfill the purpose that we know, of great commandment, great commission, by planting an international church. But it just started like last September. And I'm 33. So, and, and that thing on the youth was like 20, like 14, almost 10 years ago. So you see assignments, pray about them. You might not like them, but God might be building your character towards the place he's calling you. All right, it's getting deeper. Do I think of my current assignment as something good? Or do I see myself as God's image better? That's very important. Because we think, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go there and tell people about God or just live good life. And then you think a lot about your purpose, not forgetting that your assignment is to bear God's image. You're bearing God's image. You are bringing glory to God by drinking or eating, like Paul was saying. Even if you eat or drink, do it on for the glory, all for the glory of God. It is just as important to live on purpose within your assignment. Do you just think of it as good or do you see yourself as God's image bearer? Do I see myself as carrying God's image on the vocation, on the assignment uh, that God has called me in this season? And this is the heavy one. Are you ready for this? I just want to know you're ready. All right, here we go. Do I see my current assignment as a way of living on purpose to love others and share the good news in worthy and power? Or do I see my current assignment as a way of fulfilling my own selfish ambitions? That's a huge one. Do I see my current assignment as a way of living on purpose to love others and share the good news in worthy and power? Living on purpose, remember? Great commandment, great commission. Or do I see my current assignment as a way of fulfilling my own selfish ambition? You are there for the money. You are there for the education. You're there to please your parents. You're there to please yourself. Even if you're there so that you can marry someone and have kids and that's good. It's not bad. But if that's the sole purpose you're there, then you're not living on purpose. You're trying to fulfill that void with something that only God can fulfill. Or do I see my current assignment as a way of fulfilling my own selfish ambition? I'm going to call uh, Lara to lead us on our last song. But let's just close our eyes. Think about these things. Just think about these things. And I pray, Holy Spirit, bring revelation. Bring revelation. Even now. Do I see myself as God's image bearer? Do, am I doing this assignment out of selfish ambitions just for me or for my family or for my own? 
Or am I doing this to love God, to love others, and to bring this good news to them? Bring forth that revelation. Do I see my current assignments as a way of fulfilling my own selfish ambition as Adam and Eve did when they took of the fruit just so they can become their own God? In Jesus' name. Now, I just want to challenge you. Read the first three chapters of Genesis and reflect. In what ways am I currently... You can take a picture if you want. In what ways am I currently carrying God's assignment as His image bearer? In my life, in what ways am I currently carrying God's assignment as His image bearer in my life? In what ways? Now reflect as you've read the first three chapters of Genesis. In what ways have I thought of my assignment as a way to fulfill my own selfish ambition? And finally, in what ways may the Lord be calling me to live on purpose by fulfilling the Great Commission from my current assignment? In what ways may the Lord be calling me to live on purpose by fulfilling the Great Commission found on Matthew 28 through my current assignment? In your job and your vocation. All right. You can lead us, Laura. Thank you.